of Creativity with Mark Stinson. Hello again, everyone. This is Mark Stenson, and you've reached Unlocking Your World of Creativity, the podcast where we talk to leading experts around the world. And then most of all, we make connections and talk about opportunities to get your creative work up and out into the world. And today, we're just so glad to have as our guest, Regina Curtis from Chicago, Illinois. Regina, so good to have you with us. Thank you. It's so good to be here. And to really talk about the origins or the basis of so many of our creative ideas, even practices, daily practices that can help support our creativity. Regina is really a specialist and an expert in this area. Her background is in creative and education and art education, but now she's moving into working with people to stimulate and find both the conscious and unconscious roots of some of our creative ideas and just can't wait to get into some of these practices and some of these philosophies. Absolutely. I'm excited to talk about this. It's it's definitely an area that I'm very passionate about and love to share. So thank you for having me. You know, along the way in your own sort of creative path, as you went from art educator into this idea of exploring and studying the bigger capital C creativity, right. what were some of the milestones along that path for you? Uh, I love that actually that you use the word triggers because there are a lot of those for sure. <laughs> and usually we say that negatively, but <laughs> perhaps <laughs> they can do. be positive. Yes, we do, but they absolutely can be positive, and it really depends upon how you come into it, right? And you know, there are a lot of milestones that I have both reached and overcome throughout my journey with creativity, and when you know, one of the things that I really loved about being an art teacher, especially in with elementary age students, I've taught students from preschool all the way through adults. So lots of different things to look at there. But one of the things that I really love about working with those younger students is that creativity is something that is embraced, right? It, it's something that they go into making art in a place of exploration and curiosity. And oftentimes we get away from that as adults. And so recent, more recently in my own exploration with creativity, I've started to come back into that space. And that would be one of the, the main milestones that I would really want to point out because we do move along. And I personally have moved along through my journey Different, different milestones, different posts can kind of, if I look back at it, you can really see, okay, she went here and then I went here and then I went here. And a lot of those were, you know, going to art school and being an art student and then going to be an art teacher. So kind of reversing that relationship and then sharing that with someone else, then moving a little bit away from art and teaching for a little while and going off in a, in a more corporate field for a while, but really feeling this draw, this pull back to the arts. When I experienced that and listened to it, that's another important part is actually listen to how your creativity speaks to you, when it's speaking to you, and when it's calling to you to actually listen to that and lean into it. I then went through a period of really messy relationship with my creativity, you know, where um, I had a lot of judgment for it. I, you know, went through a place where I was, I had previously been teaching others how to 
embrace art, right? Learning skill, art skills. And yet I didn't really like the art that I was creating and I didn't really like what output was happening. But when I leaned into it through daily practices is, is really what kind of brought me through this. And when I really leaned into that and gave it a structure and committed to being in this space with it and sitting with all the stuff that I didn't like and finding out why that was coming through and what that had to say to me, you know, and that was a, a period of time where I definitely was triggered a lot through this, through this practice. What I realized is that it's because I had been pushing it aside for so long. Mm -hmm. And as I was, you know, off doing other things, which those things brought me many gifts as well. You know, I don't, I don't regret those, those times or those choices. However, I can see looking back at it, that creativity was definitely missing from my life at that time in the form that my soul really likes to express it, which is through art. And, and so, it's so interesting, you said, you know, when you don't like your own work you know, mm -hmm. and you're not comfortable with it, or you're not satisfied with it. How do we as creative people try to get past that? Because boy, that self judgment can be a real block. And so it sure can. And then it, you, you don't even want to try. Because sometimes it's like, well, I'm just going to put that on hold or put that up on the shelf. And we'll get back to it after I finish my quote, unquote, real work. Right, absolutely. Yeah, I think that one of the key elements there is patience and also compassion, you know, and one of the things that I really love about having a daily practice is that you're making this commitment, right? And, and we're into the new year. So this is a topic that I think a lot of people are really, you know, is top of mind for them. And, you know, at, at the beginning of any new cycle, there's this hope and there's this potential, right? As an artist, sometimes I have artist friends who will tell you that the blank canvas is, is the biggest anxiety, you know, trigger for them. For me, I love it. I think that's, you know, a place where there's so much potential and that really excites me. And so we each come into that relationship a little bit differently. However, in order to move through whatever block you have, especially when you recognize that you have a block, you have to give that some kind of commitment, right? And so the reason I was talking about, you know, the beginning of the year is resolutions or intentions and setting those. That's what a daily practice is, right? Like that's giving it a space in which that can happen. And if we go into, you know, if every time I sat down to make art, I started with a 36 by 36 inch canvas and the, the nicest high quality materials that you could ever imagine having, I would put a lot of pressure on myself to create something that was then going to be appreciated by others, be liked by others, definitely be liked by myself, and also probably bring me some income, right? Mm -hmm. So that's a goal for sure to be able to have those things in our lives. But if we don't have that daily practice to help support that, then we're setting ourselves up for failure. Mm -hmm. Because so the expectations really are just too high. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It yeah. is funny you say that about the canvas. I was in an art store last week and surrounded by those, you know, giant canvases. And yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> you 
know, it's a, wow, that's a lot of potential. That's a lot of space to fill, right? Like, yes. yeah, you've got to. Where would yeah. I start? Well, you know, exactly. and, and you just talk about these creative practices. I wonder if you could share a few examples of what uh, practices can help get the flow going. Yeah. So uh, a practice that I started doing, um, I still do this occasionally, but it's it's definitely grown, it's evolved from this. But one of the things that's really important is to start with something that is attainable. Some Start with something that seems so ridiculously simple that you could not fail at it. And so what I started doing was actually creating these three inch mandalas. So each day I had a three inch circle and I would fill that circle. And my goal was simply to fill the circle, no more, no less. And to just do this every single day, it didn't have to be at a certain time. Although I recommend in the morning is generally when I would do it and having that placeholder for it was really great, yet also having the flexibility to say, if I don't get to it in the morning, I can also get to it in the evening. You know, I can do this at any point. But a three inch mandala, three inch circle, generally took me maybe five minutes. Some, it could take me less, it could take me more, right? I could, I could fill it with, go in with a Sharpie and just color it in black if I wanted to, if that's how I was feeling that day. And that's what I was really you know, called to do, or I could do these really intricate, detailed, layered upon layer upon layer things, you know, that three inch circle could take me five minutes, or it could take me an hour. It just, it really depended. But having that container, that space to hold it in, in a way that was so accessible, and also flexible was really important. Yeah, to think about that, that gets the creative juices flowing, if you will, kind of Mm -hmm. kindles the fire, right? Is that what helps, I guess, open the mind then to bigger and better creative thinking? Absolutely. So one of the things that I like to use as an example is water, right? So water is an element that represents emotions, but it's also very tied to our creativity. If you think of creativity, it flows, right? Much, it has a lot of the same elemental qualities as water. It also tends to bring up a lot of emotions for us, which is oftentimes where that can be the thing that really helps people get uh, attached to or or really find um, our work accessible, but it can also be the thing that turns us away from our own work, right, is those emotions. And so you often hear people talk about creativity as a flow or get your juices flowing, things like that. It's very synonymous with creativity. And so if you think about water and take yourself away from creativity for a moment, because that's, again, a place where we tend to have a lot of judgment for ourselves. So if you think about water and the qualities of water, as it represents creativity, then you can also think about, well, what does water do? How does it flow? How does it move? What happens when it's constricted or restricted? What happens when that you know, restriction is then allowed to open up? And so if you're in a place where you have not been allowing your creative juices to flow or that creative energy to flow, it's been all bottled up you think of it much like a dam, right? Like if you dam a river and then you release the dam, whoosh, like it just comes 
flooding out. Well, so does all the crap that got built up inside of that space. And when it came out, it came out with so much pressure that it like dug up some of the dirt and it brought some sticks with it and maybe some garbage that was floating nearby, you know, and that's what happens when we begin that practice. Oftentimes we, we start to see that first because it's all in there, right? And then there might be these glimpses of like, oh, this is really cool. But then this other stuff came floating through too. And it's when that river is flowing steadily and it's uninterrupted that you really get that stillness, you get that clarity. Yeah, that's so good. And Regina, I'm, I'm curious about, we're, we've been talking about the creative thinking process almost. I, mm-hmm. I need the idea before I can execute, you know, we're a long way from executing. <laughs> Tell yeah. us more about how we trigger those thoughts and those yeah. you know, new ideas. It's really important to know that we have a communication with our creativity. Creativity is a live energy, right? It's, it has a life of its own in a lot of ways. And when we learn to not only express that creativity through our artwork, but we also learn to listen to it, then we, it's a really powerful combination. So some of the examples that I give are recently, I was driving through Kentucky, you know, the season is changing into winter is very early winter at that point. As we were driving through, I just kept thinking, oh my gosh, this is stunningly beautiful. As I was looking around thinking, you know, I was feeling in my body that this is so beautiful. I was just so in tune with the colors and the landscape and the shapes and how everything was coming together. But yet my mind was thinking, why? This is really barren. It's kind of, it's it's winter. The leaves are not even on the trees anymore. You know, what is really so beautiful about this to me? And so when I really tuned into it and let myself just be present with the things that were almost lighting up, right? Like we, we all have a different experience in how our creativity speaks to us or how our, our soul speaks to us. And for me, colors really come through strongly. So when I see colors, that look more vibrant than the other colors, even sometimes grays or black might just feel like it's just like really, really potent almost, then that's when I know my creativity speaking to me. So what came through for me in that moment when I listened is, oh, it's the combination of colors. It's the contrast of the gray sky with the, these orange I don't even know what they were, some kind of, you know, plants that were on the ground. And then there was some green and some, some kind of coffee-ish brown. But I ended up actually texting myself that color combination and I'm now using it in a piece that I'm working on. Mm -hmm. So that's how, you know, you can find inspiration anywhere. And if you are sitting down and nothing's coming through, just look around the room, look around the room where you are, look out the window, you know, um, find a color and start there and then let it grow. Very good. You know, and Regina, sometimes we we get this creative block, it's called sort of almost trite and cliche to call it that. Mm -hmm. But other times it's beyond just having a slow creative day. I mean, you know, we're really in a stormy place in our life. Or, mm-hmm. you know, we just have so much else that we're thinking about or working on that it's just not going to flow today. What, what do we have to do to sort of get our mind reset and 
yeah. you know, address those other issues so we can get back to the openness of the creativity. I think that one of the one of the myths I think around uh, that's so common around creativity is that we only do it when we're flowing, right? Like that when we're having a bad day or when we're feeling really grumpy or we're we're any of those things, right? Like when we're just not feeling it, that it that we still sit down and create something that is beautiful or magnificent, right? Like I mentioned before, maybe you sit down and you color in that circle with a with a black Sharpie and, and that's your creative practice for the day, right? Like, and it really comes down to having a devotional practice. And uh, I, I really have adopted that word in the past year or so of transforming what I used to call a dedicated practice to being a devotional practice. And the reason I love the word devotion is because it's really about, I'm devoted to this practice, but I'm also devoted to myself as a creative person and as just a person, right? Because as a creative person, we are creating all of the things in our lives, all of the experiences in our lives. And so knowing that when you're tapping into that, that you are creating the change in your life. So if you're in a place that feels mucky and murky and just kind of icky, that you can use that creative energy to help you move through that and beyond it. And so your devotion to yourself, your devotion to your practice is your devotion to yourself. And so that's how I stay present with it and, and move myself through it. And we each have to come to that on our own in our own way, but some version of that, I think is, is really important. Mm -hmm. And you are by training and by past experience, an art teacher, and you're, mm -hmm. you're also talking about teaching in a lot of different ways. And so it's interesting. You're sharing some of these practices and techniques that can be teachers, whether we have a yes. <laughs> you know, human teacher or not, right? Uh, we can find Absolutely. a lot of teachers in a lot of places. Like you say, just look yeah. around the room. There's, there's a subject and a teacher sometimes. Mm -hmm. How do you work with folks, both in their creative practices and maybe just in their personal lives, to keep that flow of creativity going for them? You consult and mm -hmm. teach and advise folks uh, individually, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so what we really do is look for the thing that works for them and also to redefine or even just define what creativity means for them. When I first start working with them or when I put them through a, a different channel rather than through art, when I bring up the, the creativity and of creating something, they go, oh, I'm not an artist. Well, what do you make? What lights you up? What makes your heart sing, right? So is it gardening? Is it cooking? Is it dance? Is it writing? Is it Origami, you know, there people will say to me often, you know, oh, well, I'm not an artist, but I do love to dance. That's an artist. You mm -hmm. are an artist. That's a performing art, right? Or, oh, but I really love to cook or, you know, it's really about what are you creating and what is bringing you that joy? And so when we work together, first of all, it's figuring out what works for you because yes, I have practices that I can give you. And a lot of those practices 
may be or may begin with something that's very visual, but not always. You know, if you're a person that's like, this doesn't work for me, this doesn't bring me any joy at all, then that's not where we start, right? Because that's setting you up for failure. That's saying, here's something that works for me. That's not going to necessarily work for you, but we can boil down to, okay, well, what is at the base of this? And that is that devotion, that practice, creating space for it, and then coming back to it each day. And what would people expect to happen? Sort of like if you go to any sort of personal trainer you know, uh-huh. and say, okay, well, I'm going to go do that for an hour or two and I'll be a new person. Yeah. Um, I kind of chuckled to myself when you said, what would people expect? What do people expect oftentimes is a miracle. And um, that is absolutely very possible. However, it also is not generally, it's not magic, right? Like we, there's something very magical about this process, but it's not me waving a magic wand and saying, poof, I do this for you. It's a process, right? Like even the creative process itself is a process. That's the part we forget sometimes is we go in with a goal, outlook, or an outcome of which we're trying to achieve and expect that as soon as we take one step towards that, poof, it happens. But really what this is, what what can be expected is an awareness, um, is a conversation, is having someone to be accountable to. And not to say that I come in and hold you accountable in a way that is, you know, I'm not there to to push you forward without your consent, right? Or without you you doing that. It's more that I come in to help you stay, you know, identify where is it that you want to go and how is how can you get there and then support you along the way. Well, my guest is Regina Curtis. Regina, where could we connect with you, follow some of your work? Absolutely. So uh, my company's name is Atmaitri, which is A-T-M-A-I-T-R-I. And it's a combination of two uh, Sanskrit words, meaning kindness towards yourself. And so all of my information is at my website, which is www.atmaitri.com. And I'm also on Instagram. So I recommend Instagram just because that's where I'm most active or actually subscribing to my newsletter. And one of the practices that I have available to people when you do subscribe to the newsletter, it's called Meditation Doodles. So it's actually a guided practice, a seven-day guided practice that walks you through setting up a creative practice for yourself and actually practicing doing that. So that is a free gift that I give to all of my subscribers. Uh, It's very generous. And can't we all doodle? Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> I love a three-inch mandala as well. Yeah, I, yeah. I, it seems approachable. <laughs> it, it's very approachable, yeah. And I, I like to put them on one piece of paper. So instead of, you know, having each one separate on its own piece of paper, I do them all, you know, I take a, a page out of my scrapbook and I do a bunch of different circles and then I do them all on one. So it almost looks like a, it's like a record, like a visual record of, what you were feeling or, or what you were experiencing during any given time period. Yeah, it sounds like a great technique. Thank but you. Regina, what's next for you creatively? What are you working on? So I am actually working on um, an illustrated Oracle deck. And so I'm, I'm creating a deck of Oracle cards that are my paintings, these uh, intuitive paintings that I do each morning and they each one brings a message. So I'm working to put that out. Um, and 
I like as well have actually just opened an Etsy store where you can get an individual illustrated oracle. So you uh, send me an intention or a question that you have, and then I channel in a message for you that's a visual message along with a written out message for you as well. So that's that's where I'm headed. That's what I'm currently working on, and I'm really excited about it. Oh, that sounds pretty cool. Thank you. Well, folks, my guest has been Regina Curtis, just a fantastic creative spirit and with a lot of excellent techniques and approaches and practices that we can all apply to our daily creative lives to not only inspire our creative thinking, but as we've discussed, sometimes get unstuck and move forward with our creative ideas. Well, Regina, thanks so much for your insights and experience. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a joy. Well, listeners, come back again next time. We're going to talk about that creative thinking. We're going to talk about how to organize the ideas that you have and then get them ready to publish, record them, exhibit them, market them, all the things you need to do to get your work up and out into the world. So join us again for the next episode of Unlocking Your World of Creativity. I'm Mark Stenson, and we'll talk to you again soon. Unlocking Your World of creativity with Mark Stinson. Copyright 2021. Our podcast is supported by Adobe and the Adobe Creative Cloud. The Adobe Creative Cloud gives you the world's best creative apps and services so you can make almost anything you can imagine wherever you're inspired. The Adobe Creative Cloud is a collection of 20 plus desktop and mobile apps and services for photography, design, video, UX, and more. We use Adobe Creative Cloud to help make this podcast using Adobe Audition, Premiere Rush, InDesign, and many more. So join the creative community with the Adobe Creative Cloud, and let's make something better together.